Let's take off, baby. Let's just drive, honey, into the night sky, to the sunset shine, into the day, baby. Let's go traveling. Let's go traveling. Let's go traveling. Let's go traveling. This is Travel Michigan. I'm Dave Lorenz from Pure Michigan. It's art show and outdoor music festival season, and the folks in Brighton have blended the two events together. There's a new festival for fans of crafted beverage. It's the Michigan Distilled Festival. The Pirates are back for Boyne City Pirate Fest, and Gaylord was hit hard by that tornado this spring, but they're ready to host you for an outdoor lover's getaway. We travel Michigan next, where your trip begins at michigan.org. Let's go traveling. Let's go traveling. Welcome to Travel Michigan. I'm Dave Lorenz from Pure Michigan. Happy to be back with you again this week as we talk to some folks from all over the great state of Michigan about things that you're going to want to do as you explore the state. And, and hey, I know those gas prices are high right now. Inflation is getting to us. All these things are on our mind. So it's a time to think about staying a little bit closer to home this year. Maybe you're not going to take that that flight somewhere this this season. That's okay. Put that off until next year. The Frankly, the, the, the airlines are having challenges, you know, getting enough staff and everything right now anyway. So let's give them a little a little time to, to recoup and get everything back uh, to normal before we start to tax them with our, our flights. So it gives us an opportunity to stay closer to home and do some of the things that we love to do. We're going to start out in today's program uh, by going over to the Brighton area to find out what's happening over there this summer. Let's bring in Linda Carey. Linda is the Director of Signature Events in lovely Brighton. How are you, Linda? I am great. Thank you for having me. This is such a wonderful opportunity to, to let you know what's going on in our great city of Brighton. Well, I'm, I'm glad you're with us. So we need to first make sure people know where Brighton is and what the community uh, looks like. Uh, so tell us where Brighton is and what we can expect when we visit. Brighton is um, in Livingston County. We are on off of 96. It's easy to get to. You can take Spencer Road off 96 uh, and I believe it's exit 147. Uh, and you can get right downtown to and, Brighton. Yep, and so uh, and and Brighton is it, it kind of um, is there like really a downtown to Brighton because it's one of those communities I always think of as as being kind of kind of big because you have the shopping districts and all that. Yeah, and we hold our um, events in on Main Street in downtown Brighton. So there is a downtown in Brighton. It has a lovely mill pond. It's just a, a beautiful atmosphere for people to stop and enjoy our, our local businesses, our restaurants. It's just a beautiful place to come. Very safe, very welcoming. 
you can't go wrong. Yeah, and you, you, of course, I know you have a lot of retail there as well. So it's a nice place to visit. And I have had uh, some lunches in some really nice restaurants there. So it's a it's a great great little town to check out uh, as you're traveling around uh, the region. And, and I know you have some really big events. You are the director of signature events after all. So you have some big events, including... Uh, one this summer, and then a big one later on the fall. So let's talk about the Brighton Art and Music Festival it's coming up uh, the first uh, full weekend of August, that 5th and 6th. Tell us about the Brighton Art and Music Festival. I would love to. Well, the Brighton Art and Music Festival has changed its name several times over the years, but this is its 47th year. It's on Friday, August 5th, and Saturday, August 6th. Now, this is different than in the past. Um, It has been a two-half-day and one-full-day show. It usually would start on Friday evening and run through Sunday afternoon but um it has changed up this year and we'll talk about that in a minute but yeah um, not not a problem changing things up got to do that sometimes right yeah so uh it started 37 years ago by the chamber of commerce this is where i work i work for the chamber of commerce in brighton and um they figured you know art and craft shows were popping up everywhere and so they decided to start one and it changed its name to the Brighton Fine Arts Festival in 1990. Uh, And then about 10 years ago, they incorporated music into Hmm. it. And that has been a a great success. Um, In 2019, they changed the name to the Wine Art Music Festival (laughs) and added beer and wine into the mix. Um, There wasn't one in 2020 due to COVID. Yeah, sure. In 2021, um, it was during the discussion and trying to figure out what it would look like if we could even have one, because it was kind of touch and go, uh, we decided that we weren't going to bring back the wine because we wanted people to go to the local restaurants. And well, so you're, you're, you're kind of getting back to your core, uh, the, uh, the right. art and music, bringing both of yeah. those kind of genres of activity together. And, and does this all happen like on Main Street? In Brighton? Yes, it's right downtown on Main Street between Grand River and First Street. And it, it right by the Mill Pond. So it's a, a beautiful atmosphere. We're actually having music at the Amp this year. So Brighton has an amphitheater right by the Mill Pond. Hmm. And so we're bringing in some, some pretty cool bands. Hmm. Um, Carrie Holmes, who's from Lansing, who is a Nashville country singer and she draws a great crowd and she does a fabulous job uh she'll be playing on friday from six to nine and then the corktown popes are going to be playing on saturday they are they're not a, a, a celtic band and they're not a rock band they're kind of a mix between the two right and they're going to be playing on saturday from five to eight nice so it's it's going to be a great atmosphere. Um, we have social districting in Brighton now, so that's another reason we're not bringing the wine back. Sure, because you um, can go to the restaurants and uh, exactly. kind of wander around a bit. Well, thank you, Linda. Linda Carey from the Chamber of Commerce in Brighton. The website to find out more about the Brighton Art and Music Festival is brightoncoc.org. We're going to head to Kalamazoo to the Distilled Festival next here on Travel Michigan. 
where your trip begins at michigan.org. Travel Michigan. I'm Dave Lorenz from Pure Michigan. A lot of the times when you're traveling around Michigan, you're looking for great restaurants, or maybe you're looking for places that offer um, really great, you know, locally crafted beer, or perhaps you're looking to go to a winery. How many times have you also looked for distilleries? Because that's the thing about Michigan. We have a great variety of a product that can be found because we are so diverse agriculturally. We're the second most agriculturally diverse state in the country. And with that comes all these opportunities to look at ways to use these agricultural products in new and different ways. So for years, we've been known as a great place for wine and wineries and the experiences you can have with wineries. You know, primarily in that northwest part of the Lower Peninsula, but also the southwest part. And then craft beer started to come around. The folks in the Kalamazoo area and Grand Rapids and elsewhere really made that um, very well known. Before you know it, that's become now everywhere. And distilled products are starting to pop up all over the state as well in places where you can sample distilled products uh, or enjoy them as part of your meal. So we're going to talk uh, to some folks from the Michigan Craft Distillers Association now. Uh, they're going to be coming together in a big festival later on this fall in Kalamazoo. But before we get to that, let's find out a little bit more about the business and ways that you can interact with them by bringing in John O'Connor. He is the president of the Michigan Craft Distillers Association. John, uh, thanks for being with us today. Hey, thanks for having us, Dave. Appreciate the opportunity to join you. You bet. Now, you're actually co-founder of Long Road Distillers, right? Yes, sir. In beautiful Grand Rapids, Michigan. Now, tell us uh, where you're located and give us a picture of uh, what we, we can expect when we visit Long Road Distillers. Well, hey, we opened Long Road uh, just seven years ago. Uh, we were the first uh, distillery in the history of Beer City. Uh, we are fully committed to using uh, Michigan grain and fruit in the creation of all of our products whenever uh, absolutely possible. Um, our original facility is located on the west side of Grand Rapids on uh, Leonard Street, uh, where we have a full cocktail bar, restaurant, event space, and uh, the distillery, which you can take a tour of. Uh, and then we also have uh, three additional locations. We have a cocktail bar restaurant in uh, downtown Grand Haven, Michigan. Uh, we have a, a cocktail bar up in Cadillac, Michigan. And then uh, we recently opened a new cocktail bar on the east side of uh, Grand Rapids on Cherry Street called uh, Less Traveled by Long Road Distillers, which uh, is our first uh, standalone just cocktail experience with uh, a beautiful new patio. Nice. Well, you know, so the, the rules have changed over what um, can be done with distillers and such. I, if I remember right, at first, um, maybe it was this category, maybe it was something else, but, but I know at times uh, in some places they weren't able to offer food at the same time. So you can do that now. You can, you can have your distillery, a restaurant, or you can just offer food samples along, along the way. You can do all of that, right? Yes, sir. And in fact, originally, when, uh, you know, before 2008, when uh, state law changed, uh, you couldn't even have a tasting room at all. Everything, uh, you could have a distillery, but you had to send all of your product uh, into the state wholesale system. So uh, through the work of some uh, some 
uh, kind of the original founders of uh, some of the distilleries in Michigan. They uh, did some advocacy, and in 2008, the state law changed, which took uh, a license which used to cost $10,000 and uh, made it $100 and uh, allowed you to have a tasting room where you could uh, – you know, get your products uh, directly to consumers from your from your tasting room, and that really is what uh, kickstarted our industry uh, into into Michigan becoming one of the kind of early leaders in craft distilling in the country. Well, it's just like you know, with wine, with uh, craft beer, and now with distilled uh, products. Um, as you say, we're one of the the leaders in in all these these categories. Now, is dis- is distilling is this something where you can you know head into a, a locally um, operated business, a retailer of some sort, a, a restaurant or something like that. Is this being offered everywhere around the state? Yeah, we, uh, we are, um, you know, Michigan is a control state, uh, which means that uh, the state acts as the wholesaler. And so the state has three uh, distribution agents, which, uh, you know, which deliver products. Uh, and so they are required by law to have, uh, if you're in distribution, those products are available to every retailer throughout the entire state. Uh, and they could be ordered by any, any product could be ordered by any retailer. And then, you know, just from a kind of uh, physical standpoint of our, our industry, you know, we're, uh, we have distillers uh, located all throughout the state from, you know, big towns like Grand Rapids and Kalamazoo and Detroit to, you know, to rural towns in northern Michigan like Thompsonville, uh, where uh, it's, you know, it's become a destination. So we're having uh, economic impact in, in a variety of regions throughout the state. And so similar to the, you know, what happened in the, in the brewery world where, uh, you know, they might have started out in a few key locations. Now there's, uh, you know, there's a brewery in what feels like almost every town in the yeah. state. Uh, the distillers are starting to pop up all over our great state. In fact, we have uh, a couple of members in the UP now. So it's uh, it's great to uh, to see that, uh, you know, the, the the economic impact and the you know the revitalization we're helping in towns all around Michigan. Well, I've been to Iron Fish over in Thompsonville, and uh, like you, they're very passionate about this subject. And uh, I know so little about it, so I've asked them these types of questions. But I'll ask you for everybody else as well: Is distilling like craft beer, where everybody has their own you know flavor profiles that they want to? to, uh, you know, reveal through their work? Or is distilling just distilling and you're going to get, you know, similar product everywhere? No, I think distilling is, uh, you know, as part of the fun of this industry is that uh, there's such a variety in terms of the types uh, of spirits that we can produce. And, you know, also the, you know, the ingredients used to make those spirits uh, really lend themselves to some creativity. Uh, you know, you see in... Um, uh, a lot of startup distilleries, you know, it's, it's you know, you have your clear products, uh, which, you know, typically can be made in a relatively short turnaround. Uh, and then, you know, whiskey is something or brandies or things you have to put in a barrel and let age. And so when a lot of distilleries start, they kind of make their names from themselves with uh, with a gin uh, as, a, as a one of the, the early products a lot of distilleries make. And, you know, gin by definition requires juniper as the primary ingredient, but then whatever else you want to put in gin is uh, kind of up to you. So that it lends itself to a lot of creativity early on, that there's a ton of varieties of gin. It does, it all doesn't have to taste like your, uh, your grandpa's Tanqueray. Uh, you can put a lot of unique ingredients in there to really change the flavor profiles and make them interesting. And then, you know, everybody, you know, with, with Michigan, I'm glad you said it, Michigan being the second most agriculturally diverse state in the, in the country. We just have such a, a great variety of products here from, uh, grains and fruits that can be used to create spirits. So people are really diving into uh, unique mash bills for their products, uh, into using uh, Michigan fruits uh, in creation of things like brandies and, and to flavor things like liqueurs. 
So, uh, yeah, it's it's part of the fun is we don't have to just be uh, make one product either. Uh, it's, it's, you know, myself, we probably have 25 different products available hmm. in the marketplace. And so distillers have really taken it upon themselves to try different things and, you know, do things differently than what have been done in the past. I think the you know, our friends in the beer industry sort of set that example. Sure. That, you know, the macro is not necessarily bad. They make good stuff and their quality is really consistent, but they do one or two things really, really well. And so we get to play in spaces that other people don't get to, don't want to put the resources into uh, into experimenting. Well, in another way, you're you're playing in the same field as the the craft brewers is you're going to be hosting a uh, festival, a Michigan distilled festival coming up September 23rd. It's going to be at the Kalamazoo Farmers Markets. How many of your members do you think will be uh, displaying there that day? Well, I'm hoping all all you know over 30 of us will be there. Um, we are uh, we are really excited about this. You know, we did a. Uh, our first festival back in 2017 at the Fulton Street Farmers Market in Grand Rapids, and we had great success. And then, obviously, the the last couple of years have thrown a, a monkey wrench in people gathering in large groups. And so, we're really excited to bring the festival back. Um, you know, we say in, in this business the the best way for uh, consumers, uh, you know, to gain new consumers and followers for your brand is is getting liquor to lips. And so having an opportunity where people can come out and sample a variety of uh, spirits from a variety of manufacturers uh, and producers lets people know that, you know, what, what kind of amazing products we're creating in Michigan here. And I, I mean, I'm really proud of our industry Um, in Michigan. Our, I think we have some of the best craft distilleries in the entire country are located here in Michigan uh, doing some really unique and high quality things. And so, uh, you know, we we continue to win big awards all, at all kinds of major competitions around, and so this will be a great opportunity for uh, for consumers who are curious about craft distilling or, or who are just fans of spirits in general to come out and try a, a ton of different stuff, uh, both you know sampling spirits in small quantities as well as getting uh, you know little cocktails mixed uh, mixed up for you so you can try them in the, in some mixed drinks. Well, to learn more, you go to micraftspirits.com. Our thanks to John O'Connor for being with us today. We're going to head up to Boyne City next here on Travel Michigan, where your trip begins at michigan.org. It's Travel Michigan. I'm Dave Lorenz from Pure Michigan. I don't know if I've been looking forward to this next segment or fearing it, but either way, uh, something tells me we're going to have a good time the next few minutes. Let's bring in Scott McKenzie and Tommy Petrie, better known for his name, also known as Tommy Tropic. We're now going to be uh, talking about the Boyne City Pirate Fest coming up August 6th through 14th up in Boyne City. Scott, it's good to talk to you. Oh, it's great to talk to you, too. Uh, we're, we're really excited to tell the world about uh, the Boyne City Pirate Festival, which is now uh, the largest freshwater pirate festival in the world. In the world. <laughs> so, well, I, so is it the only one, or, or are there others? Well, it, we're, we're not going there. Okay. <laughs> okay. Well, you know, it's, it's always good to be able to say you're the, the uh, <laughs> biggest festival of its kind in the world. Uh, congratulations. So uh, this, this has been going on for how long? This is year four for us. Year four, because we we took a we took a little liaison there for a, a little sabbatical yeah. uh, with with the COVID thing. Yeah, and something tells me you are ready for another uh, big festival. Well, we, you know, I think we're we're in store for a wonderful uh, week full of family friendly events. Uh, you know, and it's not just about pirates; it's about family and uh, there and. 
the basic premise behind everything we do, uh, any money that we garner after our expenses go to support environmental education, water quality uh, issues in uh, northern Michigan. So it's all great fun for a great cause. So, Tommy, um, uh, have you been involved with the, the Pirates Fest in the past as well? Pirates Fest since day one. McKenzie and I schemed this whole thing up together years before we put it into action. And, and did you uh, bring your own um, battleship with you? I don't even know what you'd call your ship. <laughs> I, I've been performing down at the pirate festivals in the Caribbean, and I kept bouncing this off, Scott. So we put her together with no ship at all. But <laughs> <laughs> well, but we've garnered a few over the years. You know, d- during the uh, the actual invasion portion of it, we've had uh, the Madeline here. We've had uh, ships from the Inland Seas program. Uh, we've had flotillas of all different kinds of ships. We've had the ferry ship from that uh, goes back and forth from Harbor Springs and Petoskey. So uh, it's quite exciting on the Friday during the Boyne City Stroll the Streets to see how the pirates are going to actually invade the town. And, well, and that's the premise behind this whole thing is there was a real bona fide pirate called Sadie the Goat, and she worked the waterways in the, in, uh, the New York area, and she got her name by waiting for fellers to come out of the uh, pubs, and she'd headbutt them in the gut, thunk them on the head, and steal their stuff. And she had done so well with that that she actually garnered a ship, got a crew, worked the waterways all around New York, and that's pretty much where the truth ends in our story picks up. Uh, we claim that she had garnered so many ill-gotten gains that she sailed up the St. Lawrence Seaway into the Great Lakes around the northern Cape of Michigan, right into Pine Lake, Round Lake, and uh, right into Lake Charlevoix, and buried her treasure here. Treasure, that there is what it's really all about. <laughs> well, and, and, you know, so you, you, you offer this to everybody. Uh, bring, bring us through the schedule, because you mentioned the invasion, Scott. I know that's a big part of this. Yeah, and that's, uh, that's halfway through the event. Uh, it starts out at uh, Mutiny at the Junction in Walloon, where there's actually kind of a dinner theater where the captains from all the seven seas gather and uh, try to decide how they're going to split up the loot. And there are some shenanigans and mystery that happens, and uh, there's an opportunity here to see some real dramatic theater, some death scenes. There's some uh, thinning of the herd, you might say. <laughs> and, and the two pirates at the end are the ones that to get to the treasure. The treasure. Yeah, it's all about the treasure. Now, now, is is this treasure available for people who might just be coming by to watch the festival? Is this something well, that they the can take really part of? Thing is, there, there is an opportunity. You can buy a treasure map, and uh, for the whole week prior and right up to the end, uh, you buy a treasure map, and you get clues at area merchants all over Boyne City where you're going to get a clue. You turn in those clues at the end of the festival uh, for an opportunity to win a treasure with all kinds of vacation prizes, uh, passes, dinner coupons, um, uh, and lots of really nice treasure. Beyond your wildest dreams. <laughs> so so as part of the, the big festival, uh, where where are most of the activities happening, and do you do you have places where people can can take part in a meal together? Oh, or is there absolutely. music? Yeah. The, the, there are all kinds of fun activities that go on through the, the entire festival. And a lot of folks, the, the major portion of it is the Friday and Saturday uh, the, uh, near, near the end of the week. Uh, there is an invasion, or the pirates actually uh, invade Charlevoix at the Weather Vane uh, for mapping out our strategy to invade Boyne City. So there's an opportunity in Charlevoix. We get an opportunity to see uh, pirates all gathered around town. You come and celebrate with us and see a little drama a little theater and a little song and dance. 
uh, entertainment. And um, and then on, on Thursday of Pirate Festival is the Pirate Queen pageant, uh, where anybody can enter in there. And this year we've even added a um, a younger uh, children's division. Last year, you don't have to have a whole lot of talent to win it, quite <laughs> honestly. Um, last year, our winner was a 84-year-old uh, one-legged tap dancer. <laughs> So, uh, and and you win a brand new computer from a, a computer shop in Gaylord, uh, who is a major sponsor, and they're going to do a tablet for the younger kids division too. So that'll be under the festival tent on Thursday. Uh, on Friday is the invasion. Saturday there's a parade uh, through town. Uh, the mayor actually, actually, the kind of the problem here is the mayor greets them uh, with open arms to come to our wonderful community. Uh, get, mistakenly gives them the key to the city, and then all heck breaks loose and the rest. Of the weekend is about how to get rid of them. So, so it all starts on August sixth, and where uh, where do people kind of gather for all these things? Because you've mentioned <laughs> right, so Charlotte. On August sixth, yeah. we're going to meet at the Junction Inn in Walloon Village. Okay, and actually, that whole weekend we're taking over Walloon. Uh, the Junction party is going to be a big one, and then the next, the following day on Sunday, it's a poker run on Walloon Lake with Tommy's in the Barrelback. Okay, and 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 then uh, the uh, the the main kind of stage area is this down uh, on the waterfront. Something tells me it is. Well, it is. So there's uh, the Wednesday is in uh, in Charlevoix. Then Thursday, Friday, and Saturday is all pretty much right downtown in Boyne City. Uh, there's a big festival tent that's uh, set up on uh, uh, Thursday. Um, there's a entertainment, live entertainment under the tent. Uh, and then uh, Friday, uh, there's live entertainment. Also, Saturday is a talent show uh, that starts at noon uh, where folks can have bands or uh, comedy gags or whatever it is you want to enter for a chance to win $1,000. Treasure. More treasure. <laughs> so, so, the, so the entertainment for the weekend. Yep, yep. We have Remedy Friday night. This is a band out of Gaylord, top of the line. Then the talent show goes pretty much all day Saturday, followed with Derail. This is 80s rock, and they really bring it now is this the type of festival because we're talking about a pirate festival for you if you're just tuning in and wondering what all this is all about so we're in boyne City. when we're done you're probably still going to wonder what all this yeah, is about yeah, I, I but know, it's the I, festival I, where everyone is the pirate well in fact i was just going to ask you about that is since since it's a big pirate fest and everybody's coming together. Do yeah. we all come dressed as pirates? Is that Absolutely. something? Absolutely. There's costume contest for the kids. There's costume contest for the adults. The local optometrist gives out eye patches to anybody walking by. Uh, it's it's an absolute blast. I mean, who doesn't want to dress up as a pirate? And for a great cause, supporting environmental education, water quality programs in northern Michigan. And, and you mentioned the pi- the uh, parade as well. Is this a real parade? or is It this, is a bona fide yeah. pirate parade in what absolutely hilarious. The first year we did this, there was a whole group of guys uh, from downstate that said, hey, we want to participate. On Saturday, <laughs> there's the Highland Games that are going on, so there's going to be guys with no necks and kilts dressed up as pirates in our parade, too. They will be the uh, escorts for the Pirate Queen, who is crowned that Thursday night. So it's it's starting August 6th, and then it goes through the 14th. You have plenty of activities. You have all Absolutely. that entertainment. You have these uh, pirates all over the place, and people can dress up as pirates and have a great time during the entire time. Now, Dave, there's 
two things I want to really yep. slip in as yep. quick as I can. Okay, so Saturday uh, afternoon, there's actually, we take the Boyne River, we do beautiful little vignettes up and down the river. Jordan Valley Outfitters takes you down in a raft. It's just like going to Treasure Island, and there's water squirt guns and skeletons, a lot of fun for the whole family. Folks participate there. Uh, there's a petting zoo going to be going and an oh. old city park, all kinds of activities for the kids. So, uh, and, and then the parade, the Highland Games. I know there's something else I'm forgetting, Tom. Uh, art lessons. Oh, yeah. The art, art, um, there's just tons of things for the family to do. Uh, you can even do art lessons with that hook. Yeah, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm impressed. Well, um, in two days of cleaning up the lake. Yeah, Monday and Tuesday, the eighth and the ninth. Oh, nice. we're putting our money where our mouth is. Oh, that's great. Well, and it's all going for a, a good cause. You guys, uh, it, you know, you can already tell this is going to be a lot of fun. Uh, there's no doubt about it. Uh, of course, it's always fun in Boyne City. What a great place all the time and when you can uh, go and meet Tommy Tropic and of course ask for Scott McKenzie as well and all those other pirates it's going to be even more fun so check it out August 6th through the 14th there are plenty of places to stay by the way in the region but you'll want to book your your rooms now so uh, check out that Boyne City Petoskey region for rooms to get ready for it here's the website Boyne City Pirate Fest Dot com where you can find out more, make all your arrangements, and try to figure out this crazy schedule because, man, oh, man, it's crazy. BoyneCityPirateFest.com and our thanks to Scott McKenzie and Tom Petrie, better known as Tommy Tropic, for being with us today. We're going to head over to Gaylord next here on Travel Michigan, where your trip begins at Michigan.org. Michigan. I'm Dave Lorenz from Pure Michigan. Well, after uh, talking to those folks over in Boyne City about that uh, pirate fest, let's calm it down a little bit. My gosh, those guys are crazy. We're going to head over to the uh, northern part of the lower peninsula. Uh, still kind of stay in that area, but we're going to go to the center, center of the state, you know, right up what is it, 127.75, I guess, that drives through there. We're going to head to the Gaylord area next and tell us what's happening up there. Let's bring in Christy Walcott. Christy is the Director of Marketing and Communications for the Gaylord Convention Visitors Bureau. Christy, it's great to talk to you. Hi, Dave. It's great to talk to you, too. Well, you, you certainly have had a uh, busy season already. It started out in a way that nobody would have wanted to start out with that uh, horrible tornado that uh, came through and... Um, you know, it, earlier this spring. It, it certainly was not the way to start the season. No, that definitely wasn't how we wanted to start our, our travel season. Um, that happened in late May. I think it was May 20th, actually. And the tornado, obviously, there was a lot of damage from it, as everyone has heard at this point. Um, but our community really came together. And what we saw from Gaylord was that the people truly care about each other, um, they were out helping immediately, almost immediately following the tornado hitting the ground. There were people out cleaning up neighborhoods and just helping out their neighbors in any way they could. Yeah, I was so impressed. Uh, I was there as soon as I could be just to, you know, do a little inspection, see what I could mm-hmm. do to help. And I have to tell you, I got there, I think, on that Monday morning after the Friday afternoon uh, tornado, and I could not believe 
how cleaned up everything was. You could certainly see signs of damage. I know you still can now, mm-hmm. but I was just so impressed how the community came together, how so many other people came up to help. It, it was unbelievable. It really, it really was hard to believe. And we're a small community, and I've always, I've lived here my whole life. I was born and raised in Gaylord, and I've always felt that it was a tight knit community. But I was just in awe of how much people truly cared about each other. And you just you see things like that, unfortunately, after a disaster. But you really see people coming together. And I can't I can't stress enough how impressed I was by our entire community. And the one really cool thing was you can volunteer. You know, every everybody knows how to volunteer. You you call an organization, you call the United Way or the Red Cross, and you make arrangements and you formally volunteer. But what we saw after the tornado was people just driving around. They would see where it looked bad and people were maybe, you know, trying to pull brush out mm-hmm. away from their house, things like that. And we had people who had literally just gone to Home Depot, bought their first chainsaw, and they just started helping. And that's the way our neighborhoods got cleaned up. It was you drove around until you saw where you were needed, you got out of your car, and you just started doing it. So the fact that people were working, they were working independently, but they were all working collectively. It it was just it was amazing to see. It yeah. really was. I, I know people mm-hmm. in the travel industry who went up there that weekend did exactly as you say. And it's just it's just great to see people come together. I'm not surprised to see it in mm-hmm. Gaylord, though, because I've, I've gotten to know the folks there and see it as one of my homes away from home because I love it so much. And there are so it many really things yeah. to enjoy. So so even though that horrible thing happened, uh, the thing that people need to know about is that uh, all the things that you'd want to do, almost entirely all of them, are still available there. So let's talk about some of that stuff. Absolutely. Yeah. And one thing we can't stress enough is, you know, there was quite a bit of damage on the west end of town. Um, there were several businesses that won't be able to reopen for some time now. But even some of the businesses that were hit the hardest were able to open within about a week to two weeks. Um, they might not have, some of our restaurants that were hit down there um, weren't open for inside dining, but their drive through was open or maybe they're missing a window and they have it boarded up. But even the businesses that were affected, a lot of those have opened. And then the vast majority of our community was untouched by yeah. it. Including so, the, the downtown area, which is just yes. east of the expressway. Yes. Um, and yes. Still, it's just, it, it. you wouldn't even know it when you were downtown. No, you wouldn't at all. And, you know, it missed our downtown literally by blocks, yep. you know, yep. in some directions. But our downtown was spared. And then Gaylord is all outdoors. You know, mm-hmm. we're known for our outdoor recreation. People come up here to just immerse themselves in nature and get away from everything. And our nature is still here. It's still untouched. It's it's just as beautiful as ever. People can go to the state park and camp. They can go swimming at Otsego Lake. You can go in the Pigeon River Country State Forest and look for elk or, you know, ride your bike. You can do all of those things in Gaylord still. And you can still stay in our hotels and dine in our restaurants. So, you know, we we are definitely still open for business. Well, last time I was in town, uh, Paul Beach now, your colleague, and I went out to mm-hmm. dinner. I had the best meal. Uh, I can't wait to go back. Italian meal. It was 
unbelievable. So I can certainly attest to all the great food I've had there. (laughs) But, you know, I was was surprised to see, I went through your website, uh, Uh GaylordMichigan.net. You have 90 inland lakes, you know, right in that area. 90. We do. We do. So I know we're not right on one of the Great Lakes, and I think sometimes water lovers overlook the fact that we have over 90 inland lakes. So the beauty of an inland lake is that they're small. A lot of ours are forested without many houses on them, or in some cases, no houses on them. So you really get a more natural experience. And then I personally, I am a water lover. You'll see me paddle boarding, fishing, kayaking all summer. I love our little forest lakes. They're spring-fed. They're just as clear as the Great Lakes, Um, but they're smaller. They're a little more intimate. You see more nature. There's less boat traffic on them because of the size. So we have got some of the most gorgeous water in Michigan. Yeah, I've seen you out there on Facebook because we're Facebook friends. And it's always oh, yeah. nice to see uh, everybody outside, especially this time of the year. Because, you know, our summers, they, they go so quickly, especially up north. So you need to they get really out there. Do. You mentioned the forests. I love the trail system there and the fact that you have these beautiful river valleys uh, where there are trails to go through and just these awesome views. Yeah, the Pigeon River Country State Forest is one of my favorite places on earth. It really is. Mm -hmm. And I can't explore enough out there. Um, We'll have people come into our visitor center, and it's generally for elk viewing, or maybe they want to find a trail that's out in the pigeon. But whenever I talk to them, I tell them, you're going to get lost out there. Your GPS probably isn't going to work. Your cell phone is only going to work off and on. And that's part of the adventure. That's part of what we love about the Pigeon. It's really not far at all from downtown Gaylord, maybe about a 25-minute drive um, to get into the beginning of the Pigeon. But it, it is the most natural. It's one of the most natural experiences you can have. And like you said, it's got valleys and rivers, and it has elk. It has sinkhole lakes. It's just an absolutely beautiful area. And it's over 114,000 acres of state land. So wow. that's how much room you have to play in. I didn't realize it was that big. I, I, it, I love it as well. And I agree. The yeah. the, the atmosphere, the, the views are, are incredible. We need okay. to talk about golf. How many championship golf courses do you have? We have 17 courses that are part of the Gaylord Golf Mecca. Oh. And they are all unique and amazing courses. And they're, they're each very different. We have the Parkland-style courses. Um, We have some courses that are walkable, and then we've got courses with very dramatic elevation changes that are going to challenge everyone. Yep. I I was at Treetops uh, last season, used their instructor, changed my game completely. I'm so thankful, and I can't wait for the next time I visit Gaylord. You will enjoy your trip to Gaylord as well. The website is GaylordMichigan.net. That's where you go to find out about all these things you need to do and see. And make sure you book your hotel rooms now. They have a lot of hotels in that area, but book it now. You'll have a great time. GaylordMichigan.net. Our thanks to Christy Walcott, the Director of Marketing and Communications for the Gaylord Convention Visitors Bureau, for being with us today. Well, that's all the time we have for Travel Michigan for this week. We have come to that time and we have to say goodbye but we'll talk to you next week right here on travel michigan where your trip begins at michigan.org let's go traveling let's go traveling